Let's do that. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. And, and what does that mean and how does that impact? And of course, this past year, uh, we went to Israel and I know here we are celebrating a happy new year and um, it's uh, 2023 and as Brother David said, it seems like 15 years ago was 2020. We were talking a little bit this morning and I uh, back a few weeks ago, we had a fellowship time with our older uh, senior uh, members and uh, uh, learned how to play new games and they had time of fellowship. We're having now this coming weekend a time to focus on our youth and try to encourage them and we want all of you to participate if at all possible and uh, today is a time of fellowship and I know I'm sure there were there were get-togethers last night here at church and there were uh, get-togethers I'm sure at different people's houses and over Christmas and family and I uh, uh, was there and I, I saw uh, a commercial and I asked uh, my family if they had seen it at, uh, about, uh, and it had different commercials and it was uh, put on by uh, a group called He Gets Us. Uh, and it's about uh, Jesus was uh, uh, basically, uh, his family were, they were uh, refugees almost, kind of like that. And then there was a, uh, a commercial about families breaking apart because of bitterness and hey, how Jesus, while he disagreed, he did not disown people. And there's, uh, I, I went and looked at the website and there's no church affiliation, there's no denomination affiliation, and it's a group and you can buy, you can get their uh, clothing. I don't know who's sponsoring it, I don't know, but at least it's focusing on the Lord and that's a start. And it's a good start in one sense that he does get us. In fact, uh, to be more precise, he got us at Calvary. Amen. If it would not have been for what he did, we would not have an option to be part of the people of God. If it would not have been for what he did uh, on Calvary, where would we be? And I I was looking at the Bible when it talks about one of the first times that as a nation, of course the Lord dealt with Abraham, uh, called him out of his family, separated him from his family. Lot finally separated. And then uh, he, of course, uh, Isaac and Jacob, and then Jacob's 12 sons, and then they go into Egypt. And for uh, several years, uh, and they are there and they grow into a nation, if you will. And for the first time, whenever now speaking as a group of people, 
the Lord spoke to Moses who was, uh, who was believing that he was going to be the next leader, had the miraculous birth, had all of those things that uh, he basically, uh, Moses ran, was on the backside of the desert watching sheep and the voice of the Lord spoke to Moses and it's very interesting because he says these words. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses hid his face when he heard this voice from the bush. And he said, I was afraid to look on God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of what? My people. For the first time, God identifies with a group of people. He said, they are my people. Abraham, by faith, had followed the Lord. Isaac, Jacob, <clears throat> the blessing. Jacob and Esau fighting. You can study all of the history. But he now comes back. And after they have grown, he speaks to them. And he says, I've seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. He had not spoken to them for hundreds of years. They had grown and multiplied in Egypt and God had not spoken. And now he says, I have seen my people. I've seen what they're going through. I've seen the oppression of the Egyptians. I am coming to deliver. And he says, I've seen the oppression. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth, and what does he call them again? My people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, what we know happens is the plagues and Pharaoh and <clears throat> Passover is the last moment where they put the blood on the doorpost, on the side post, and the death angel comes and they're leaving Egypt. Everybody remember that? Progression of a few years. Moses goes, <clears throat> all the plagues. Now, they come through the Red Sea and how do they act? How do the children of Israel act? Moses is going up to talk to the Lord and the children of Israel go nuts. They've just seen all these great miracles and they get goofy and they make a golden calf, and they start dancing around it. Remember? 
And what does the Lord say in Exodus, the 32nd chapter? And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for... Those guys, your people, Moses. which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They've made a molten calf and have worshipped it. And have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods. O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and they are stiff-necked. That means hard-headed. Set in their way. You can't tell them anything. When somebody has a stiff neck, they won't turn their head. They won't think of anybody else. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and I may consume them and I will make of thee a great nation. Now, the very fact that it would be the voice of God would probably make most of us go, whatever you say, Lord. But do you know what Moses said? Lo, Moses did what? What is the word? Besought. What does that mean? Huh? What does it mean, Brother Rob? Asked. Prayed. Huh? Oh, God! To be sought is not just a uh, whatever you say, Lord. He was wanting to change the Lord's mind. Because the Lord said, your people, you brought them out. They're stiff-necked. I'm ready to kill them. I'll make you a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, and notice what Moses said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against don't put them on me huh against thy people which I didn't bring them out You brought them out of the land of Egypt with your great power and with your great hand. Enough said. From that moment on, you have no record that the Lord disassociated himself with the children of Israel. This was the tale of the tape for Moses. Are you going to recognize that this is Israel, how are you going to respond as their leader? Moses was basically saying, God, it's not my problem, it's 
your problem. These are not my people. They are your people. Now you say, where, why are we talking about this on New Year's? Because if you're like me this past year, I've had to pray, Lord, you know what you're doing because I don't know what I'm doing. This is not my church, my people, my choice. Think about it. Lord, you're in this. I still believe you're in it. <laughs> in fact, when years later, when Solomon got ready to dedicate the temple and he prayed and the power of God came in and there was no room and they couldn't even go in and minister, there was so much Shekinah and glory, Solomon said this prayer and we quote it a lot, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. What a privilege it is to be part of the people of God and know that we are able to stand in the gap for those who may not even realize we're praying for them. For those who may not even realize that the Lord's wrath is about to come on the people of the world. But we are able this year to say, Lord, we're going to stand in the gap and pray and seek your face and ask for your healing. You say, well, I, I don't understand. How do I? He said, my people which are called by my name. Now, I know, and I know all of you that are here on January 1st, most of you have been through numerous Bible studies and are Bible scholars, and you get it, but you remember Acts 10th chapter, Cornelius, first Gentile, gets the Holy Ghost uh, spontaneously, so they decide they'll baptize him, and Simon Peter begins to talk about this. Twelve years from that point, Paul and Barnabas go out and they do missionary work, but others, and they try to always go to the Jews first. And finally, in Acts the 15th chapter, 12 years from Acts 10, there is a council meeting to decide what are we going to do about these Gentiles that are coming in the church? And they start in talking about, well, should we make them first convert to being Jews, and then should we make them, allow them to be, you know, now followers of Christ, and there's this, you can read it, Acts the 15th chapter, and in fact, James uh, stands up in the midst of all of this, and you, let me just read, but it's interesting the wording that they use, because uh, Acts 15, starting at verse 12, all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, who were telling them about the miracle and wonders that God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. They were just basically saying, we would go to the Jews, the Jews would throw us out, we would go to the Gentiles, man, people were getting the Holy Ghost, people were getting baptized, it's amazing what God is doing. He's healing, so forth, to the Gentiles. And after 
people held their peace, James, who was uh, the, the stepbrother of Jesus, who was really converted uh, after Pentecost, possibly was at Pentecost, but he was not really a follower. He thought his brother was crazy and tried to get him to stop. But James answered and said, men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon, which would have been Simon Peter, hath declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles. Notice what he uses as a phrase, to take out of them what? A people for his name. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Because it's all about his name. He was the one that opened the door for us to be part of the people of God. Most of us by lineage would not be allowed into that. And, and so he said to take out of them a people for his name and to this agree the words of the prophets. And he says, actually, it was written in the Old Testament. As it is written, David has fallen down. I will rise up. Uh, the tabernacle of David, that has to do with the worship and the praising and singing and, and uh, clapping hands and playing the tambourine and dancing that the residue of men might seek after the Lord. And all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who hath done these things. Now, later on, Acts 22nd chapter, <clears throat> Paul is standing before <clears throat> the uh, council and he is explaining how he was called about his conversion. You can read his conversion in Acts uh, 9. Uh, you can see where he was involved in the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7. But in Acts 22, he says, And why tarriest thou? Arise, be baptized, washing away the sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He's talking about what Ananias said to him when he came to Paul and said, You know, who was then named Saul, basically, you know, you uh, have seen this vision. And he goes, I went to Jerusalem. I fell into a trance. And he said, uh, you shall receive a testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know I have imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believe on thee. Because Paul, when he was Saul, was out to kill Christians. And he said, how can I go to these Jews and be a preacher to these Jews? I've beaten them. I've killed them. I've done all kinds of bad things to them. And he says, I was there when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed. I was standing by. I consented to his death. I kept the raiment of them that slew him. And you know what the Lord told Saul or Paul at that time? He said, I'm not sending you to the Jews. I will send you unto the Gentiles. And he's telling this to a bunch of Jews. He said, I didn't come to you 
God told me I'm supposed to go to the Gentiles. Well, do you know how the Jews felt about that? Because what Paul was basically saying is, I'm opening a door to the Gentiles. They gave him audience, let me keep reading, until this word. When he said Gentiles, you know what, how they responded? It's not fit that he should live. They grabbed him. They were screaming. It was so loud. It was so boisterous that one of the magistrates said, look, uh, we'll examine him by scourging. In other words, you know, it's kind of how we examine our children sometimes, you know. You're going to do it again? You're going to do it again? You're going to do it again? Now, we don't do that very often. But. Did you do it? Spank, 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 spank. That's an examination by scourging. Are you going to say it again? Are you going to say it again? <laughs> but you see, Paul was a student of the Word, and he knew what the Bible had said. Isaiah, the 42nd chapter, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring judgment to the Gentiles. That's Old Testament. You know what judgment means? You think judgment is being, you know, the judge is going to get you. What it meant was government or access unto the Gentiles. That the Paul knew there was Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to open the door to the Gentiles. And so that word misput was a Hebrew word that means he was going to bring basically government to the Gentiles. In, in Isaiah the 96th, 49th chapter, he said, a light thing that thou shouldest thy servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the pres preserved of Isaiah I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. <clears throat> this is why Paul, and you can read it, and I, I, don't, I, I won't take time to teach it all. I may teach it Monday night some. But Isaiah, the ninth chapter, he goes through that not everybody who is Israel is born of Israel. And he talks about being, we are not all of that family. He talks about the blessings of Israel. He goes through the ninth chapter. It's a tremendous chapter, but he talks about God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And can the potter say to the, I mean, can the, you know, the vessel say to the potter, why did you make me? No. And he says he's willing to do wrath. And he goes through all of the ninth chapter and he gets to the 10th chapter and he says that, you know what? <clears throat> make some positive statements. He said, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness have tried to establish their own righteousness, submitting on themselves under the righteousness of God, not submitting Christ 
Notice this verse in the 10th chapter. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every man. I lay in Zion a stumbling block, a rock of offense, that whosoever believeth, no, righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, but this righteousness comes by faith. He had opened this book in Romans, the third chapter, describing all of sin and come short of the glory, whether Jew or Gentile, bond or free. What are you saying? He basically talks about the privilege it is for us to put on the righteousness of God and be called the people of God. Doesn't matter whether you're Jews, Gentiles, because of what Jesus did on Calvary. Why is that important? You go back to Isaiah. This is Isaiah, the 61st chapter. The first sermon that Jesus preached was from this chapter in the synagogue. He says, For the Spirit of the Lord hath anointed me, and he has asked me <clears throat> to set at liberty, to bind up, to preach good tidings. Remember? First few verses. And to trade in the garment, get a garment of praise for the spirit of what? Why? Because you're the people of God. You say, well, what we've been through in 2022, I'm overwhelmed. I am too. But guess what? I'm part of the people of God. I can put on a garment of praise even because of the very fact that he died on Calvary for me. Did everything go right? No. Do I wish I could redo a lot? Yes. But guess what? I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. And this is what he said later on in the 61st chapter that Jesus was preaching from. And their seed shall be known among the what? Gentiles. Gentiles. And their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them. And they that are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord and my soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with the garment of what? Salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. This visual image of the Lord putting a garment on someone that didn't deserve it. Goes all the way back to Genesis when Adam and Eve had sinned. 
And the Lord killed an animal and wrapped it around them. Now Paul says, we as Gentiles are able to feel the righteousness, not of who we are, but of who he is. And I am clothed with the garment of righteousness. What a privilege it is. And today, I know not everybody's here. I, I got communion cups from uh, that's coming from Bethlehem, but we're going to do those at Easter. But today, we're going to just, for those of you who would like to remember the body and the blood, and thank God that I am part of the people of God. You know why? Because the Lord knows what I'm going through. He knew what the children of Israel were going through whenever he hadn't spoken to them for over 400 years. How much more does he know what I'm going through? He knows how many hair I have. He knows what I'm, he is able to deliver. I am so thankful for his righteousness. I am so thankful that I am able to put on his, not because of who I am. He said we shall acknowledge and be joyful. Why? Because I'm part of the people of God. What a privilege. So we're going to stand. We're, if you want to join, participate, uh, communion, you're welcome to come. We're going to spread across, make two or three rows. For those of you who are here, the ushers will pass out. <clears throat> the, it has a wafer and it has a cup. You're welcome to join us. Come right on up. I don't know what tomorrow will hold. I don't know what next year will hold. This is not the blood of Jesus. This is not the body. <clears throat> on my cup, on the bottom is the wafer. The top is the juice. Some of them have top as both, and you peel one and then peel the other. But I think these have the bottom as being the wafer. <clears throat> this is not the this is not the body of Christ, but it is representative of saying what Lord I know what you did for me on Calvary that you made me who were not a people able to be called the people of God what a privilege amen what a privilege what a privilege to be able to say Lord had it not been for your blood had it not been for Calvary we who were Aliens. You want to talk about the Lord saying, not my people, your people? I wonder how many times he's looked at pastor and said, not my pastor. And I have to go back and say, Lord, thank you for the blood. Because of this, not because of who I am, not because of who we are, 
but because of who he is and I can worship him. Does everybody have one? Wants to participate? Hallelujah. Let's pray for one another before we partake. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. I pray you will bless your church. This is not my church. It's not my people. You, Lord, are in charge of this body. I am just here serving at your pleasure. Oh, God, I pray you will anoint us. Use us this year. This is not my will, but it's your will, Lord. This is not who I am. It's about who you are, Lord. You know what we're going through. You know what we'll face. And Lord, we are going to respond joyfully. We're going to worship you because we know that you are soon coming. We're going to stand in the gap and pray for unsaved loved ones. We're going to witness. We're going to do what we can to reach souls before you come because surely we know you're coming soon. Bless us, Lord. Keep your hand on this body. Touch us, Lord. Forgive us. Wash us. Oh, there have been times we've served idols. There have been times we've done things we shouldn't. But you have a garment of praise. You have a garment of righteousness that you can wrap around us because of Calvary, because of who you are, not because of who we are. I pray you will bless us, forgive us, use us in the name that's above every name. Paul said, as oft as you do this, you do it in remembrance of him so you may partake. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.